Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Hey, what's going on, Render Nation? I am your host, Jerry Dugan, and we're going to be joined in this conversation, this episode, by Michael King. He is, uh, formerly he was an executive pastor and Christian recording artist who hung that up in 2015 to help Fortune 500 companies, specifically their C-suite executives, apply a lot of the lessons and wisdom he's learned from his career so that they create teams that are thriving and succeeding and that leaders can avoid burnout as well as prevent something called quiet hiring, uh, which probably goes hand in hand with something called quiet quitting. So we're going to talk about all those things. Uh, Michael, how are things going? Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. It's great. Uh, it's a beautiful day in uh, in sweltering Omaha, Nebraska today. It's oh, probably going to get to 110 degrees or something like that. And uh, but welcome to August in the Midwest, right? Right. Yeah. And um, I'm down here in Texas and we're expecting some record temps, too. I think it's cooler today. I think it's going to be like 104. <laughs> Ooh, come on now. Uh, so I, I asked my wife if I could fry an egg on the balcony. She said, no, it's just wasteful. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, but one of these days, I mean, we've been in Texas. Well, she's grown up here. But one of these days, I mean, living in Texas, I've got to be able to put an egg out in the sun and see it cook, right? Like, it's just a thing we got to do here. That and barbecue, but that I've got down pat. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's uh... – I mean, we're, we're, we're up here in the land of uh, land of the beef, you know, it's yeah. like corn fed, all that stuff. So it's, uh, you know, they, um, a true story here. So I have, um, we're putting a pool in our backyard, right? Uh-huh. Not like a fancy in ground pool, but we decided to go with a nicer above ground pool. Right. And, um, so we had to file for building permits and all this stuff to have these people come over and put this pool in. And, the city denied our building permit for us to put an above ground pool in our backyard because of, because of the drought um, in the Midwest right now. So apparently the town that I live in, I live between waiver between Lincoln and Omaha, Nebraska, the town gets its water supply from this thing called the Ogallala aquifer, which is this massive body of water that's Mm -hmm. underneath the state of Nebraska. And apparently it's reached record lows because of, because of, uh, uh, the drought. And so there's water emergency around. So we're like, well, we paid for this pool and we're going to get this pool put in our backyard no matter what. <laughs> so we're like, well, what if we have the water brought in? And they're like, oh yeah, that's totally fine. So paid a couple hundred bucks and hired a, hired a, you know, one of those big tanker companies to literally drive a mile away from our home, hook up to a fire hydrant, fill up their truck. Wow. <laughs> Because in Lincoln, Nebraska, they get their water supply from the river and uh, not the Ogallala Aquifer. So um, so anyway, so so, yeah, so living in the Midwest, it's drought. Apparently, I can't, you know, actually fill up my pool with our tap water. So, yeah. We got fire hydrant water nice. from a mile away. <laughs> and it's almost like doing a public service, too, because I know the fire departments have to run those every so often to make sure they don't get gunked up. So in a way, this company... I'm assuming found a win-win scenario where they can bring in water for situations like this and the fire department doesn't have to go out there and check the fire hydrant or maybe they do it themselves and I don't know how they do it, but somebody somewhere figured that out and that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. But 7,800 gallons of water filled up my pool yesterday in like 
12 minutes. It was oh, like, man. <laughs> just like, so it, So that's a good thing, right? I mean, it's not, uh, there was a win-win for us man, too. Please tell me you recorded that to put on TikTok or something. That that sounds so satisfying to watch. <laughs> oh, man. I, I guess I should, probably should have. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, next time, Jerry's weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching a pool get filled. <laughs> what are you doing? With water. It's so fascinating, guys. Watch. Listen to the sound of the water. Oh my goodness. There are people into stuff like that though. Like my my kids love watching things get destroyed. Like uh my daughter watches this thing where this hydraulic press just crushes random things, like a bowling ball or soap bomb or a bath bomb or whatever. And it's like, really? And and then it, she had me watch it with her and 30 minutes went by and I realized we've been watching this hydraulic press crush random things for 30 minutes and I, it became a core memory for me. I don't know about her, but I'm talking about it now. Oh man. Are you familiar with the term of, um, of ASMR? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I guess it, it stands for uh, autonomous sensory meridian response. Mm-hmm. And there's people on TikTok that are like literally making a living, just making yes. sounds. Yeah. I, I want like therapy popping up on my uh, for you page and she just like taps her nails on the microphone. And to me, that's not soothing at all. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> but um, there's one of my wife watches. It's just somebody cutting things like uh, kinetic sand with a knife. And I'm like, oh, I could listen to that forever. And she does. She'll she'll just play that in the background while she does things i'm like that is so cool but it's a it's an interesting phenomenon that that's a thing and people make a living off of it and it's not something that came up in career day when i was going through school that's for sure <laughs> that's a totally different subject too so right. we have to schedule that one for a different yeah. topic <laughs> in the next episode of uh now Everybody, you just got a whole bunch of bonus content here. How to how to get a pool built and filled when the city says no to your permit, uh, and then how to negotiate out of that. So actually kind of a neat little story around not just taking no at face value, like look for the common ground, look for the solution, look for the why behind the no, and you find that they're able to appease what their needs were, which is don't take water away from our crops or whatever the, the reason was. And for you, it was like, I want a pool. And... There's plenty of water somewhere, and you, you got it done. I, I don't know what to tell you guys about the ASMR thing. That's just me being me. <laughs> <laughs> you put that together so good, though, man. That was killer. I almost like, had a Mr. Miyagi moment there with the ASMR thing, but I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm working with a pro today, folks. Right? This is oh, my gosh. But here's the challenge. I don't know how to segue into the topic of leadership burnout because that was one of the things that drew me to let's talk to Michael was you, you work with leaders about how to prevent burnout in themselves or reverse that burnout they're experiencing. And we're drawing from your experiences as an ex- executive coach, um, assuming the Christian music industry. And you're helping C-suite leaders in Fortune 500 companies, you know, face that. And, and so I guess share with us what kind of burnout are executives facing in this current climate? There's a lot of things that uh, that cause burnout. You know, it's not just putting in more time than 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 is necessary or or just excessive workload or or whatever it is. But it's really the understanding of of what's expected of you um, and how can you deliver what are expectations that other people have of you that are fair or unfair or regardless of what that is. And I know my own personal story when I, when I decided like um, I always tell people that like executive coaching kind of chooses you, you don't necessarily choose it. And um, 
And so my, my story with being an executive pastor and also in the music industry was that um, I moved, I moved to Nebraska to be on staff at a, at a church that wasn't a mega church yet, but within 10 years, it went from the 300 to the 3000. And I was kind of the systems architect for this whole thing, leadership development and all those things. And so the dynamics that took place as far as like being on a team for the good or for the bad, we kind of saw it all. And so coming into 2015, I knew that my time was up. I knew that it was time for me to start checking out. Um, and you know, and not to be spiritual or anything like that, but I knew that God was telling me like, Hey, you're done, but I'm not finished with you. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily know what that, what the implications of what that would be. So I went back to school, got my master's degree. One of the things that was kind of bothering me a little bit about leadership forums within church ministry was that there was a lot of people without any education, but just with really big charismatic personalities, placing themselves in, in, in positions of expertise. And it wasn't, and that's not necessarily valid all the time. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was the best of what I could do. So I went back to school, got my master's, started working on my doctorate degree. And the next thing I knew, I started working with with companies and my experience of dealing with, with personal burnout um, as a result of culture, uh, misaligned values, as a result of unrealistic expectations, um, and even some uh, mindset issues that I had to work through on my own. All these things kind of came into play and I realized, you know what, I know what it takes to make dynamic teams. I am, I'm passionate about it. Um, and leaders can avoid a lot of burnout by surrounding themselves with the right people. So I'm like, let's go, man, I'm going to build this thing up. And, um, and the next thing you knew is within a few years, we were coaching leaders at high levels within fortune 500 and global, global brands. And, uh, it's been a dream for us. So, but burnout is still a very, very real thing. Um, and it's going, it's going to continue to be, um, things have changed so much coming through, uh, the pandemic and, um, organizations trying to figure out how can we make things, how can we get bigger results by doing less things, lower budgets, all those types of things. And so it's, it's a perfect storm right now. So leaders have to educate themselves on burnout culture and they have to make sure that they're creating the right context for their teams to thrive. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I've seen that with um, organizations that are struggling with just retaining their employees. You know, the, uh, the past couple of years, you know, the market shifted and it had to do whatever it could to entice people to come work for them, including raising uh, people's salaries. And then other companies were struggling with, all right, people have been working at home for a while or in hybrid type of scenarios. Morale is low. The answer is bring everybody back. And it's just sort of like people are doing all these knee-jerk reactions that are causing people to jump ship, go to other places. I heard that this year it's starting to tone down a little bit. This is 2023 when we're recording. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with fears of a recession coming. So 
employees aren't as ready to jump ship because what if there isn't another ship to get onto? But that doesn't mean they haven't quietly quit or have shut down and they're not as engaged. Uh, so they just have people who aren't engaged and they stuck around, whereas before they were disengaged and leaving. And I know that's taken a toll on leaders. Uh, an HR leader shared with me recently that they're seeing in their organization directors who are quietly quitting themselves because they're, they know deep down their team is already looking for new jobs and there doesn't seem to be anything they can do or they feel there's nothing they can do to right that ship. Um, so the, in a sense, they're burned out just trying to keep people like whatever is going on up top is clashing what's going on beneath them. And they're just like throwing their hands up in the air as well. The, those mid level leaders are doing that. I don't know if you're coming across anything like that in the work you're doing. Oh, all the time, all the time. And I think that, um, you know, when it when it comes to you know even on both sides of that conversation you know like if somebody wants to do something else and they, and they have a bigger dream well over the last few years what we found out is that we've given people a lot of permission to be able to go hey chase that dream mm -hmm. you don't have to be doing that job that you don't enjoy anymore you can kind of do anything that you want to do in fact if you want to work for yourself go for it well that is, is becoming a little bit harder to do that on your own right now, just because again, the fear of a recession and things like that, and government's not like necessarily throwing dollars at people anymore for them to be able to start new things or work from home. Um, and so, so on that, I mean, there's still a little bit of that type of mentality happening within organizational teams, but the people that are leading them, they have an opportunity to lead either with abundant mentality or scarcity mentality. Mm -hmm. And, I promise you this is kind of like one of my therapists actually said, said to me in her uh, British accent, what happens to a bird when you squeeze it too tight? Um, it leaves. And, you know, and I think when it comes to um, like leading our teams, it's like, okay, what's your dream? What do you see yourself being in the next five years? And what can I do to be able to make sure that you actually get what you want? there's a certain level of emotional intelligence that's a completely different play today if you want to be able to keep your team engaged. But if they feel like the only reason why they're, that they're on your team is to do the thing that makes you famous, probably you're going to end up losing players uh, eventually. Yeah, I've seen entire teams just have an exodus because their senior leader had that mentality of, you know, whenever we present something, I've got to be the person Per, not, excuse me, person out there taking the credit. I've got to be the one that launches it uh, versus the folks that are really thriving are the leaders that say, hey, I'm going to introduce this program to you, but not really. I'm going to introduce you to the person behind the program. It's so-and-so. And they spent two years getting data, designing this, working and collaborating with other departments. So I'm going to let this person share with you why this program's so awesome and then gets out of the way. And then this person's in the spotlight. You're like, wow, this is my moment. I've worked this. And that person doesn't care if he or she is getting paid less than their colleagues in other companies. Like they are happy where they are. They're finding meaningfulness in the work because their leaders had that courage to say, I don't have to be the star of the show. My job is to lift up all these other people who are and, and help them thrive. And I love that you brought that up in, in your words, but you know, that's what's coming into my mind here as we're talking about that. And I think when we lead like that, that also helps prevent that burnout because you know, what's the impact on our employees when we ask them, what is it you want in your career and in your life? And what can I do to help you get there? You know, that's got to make a positive impact on engagement, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when, um, you know, when you think about it and, and I, and I look back at positions that I've, that I've held, in, in my life and whatnot, 
finances haven't always necessarily been like the main driver of, of what I do. It's not my necessarily my motivation for me to wake up. And I think some of my advisement team would probably, you know, challenge me on that on a day-to-day basis because ultimately in the day, even when I serve my clients, I always over deliver because for me, impact and influence and relationship and transformational relationships are always more important than the immediate uh, financial indicator. Right. And I think that there's a lot of people that are on teams that are like that. Like when you think about the currency of impact and influence, okay. If you are putting me in a position on your team and you're not allowing those two things to flourish within my, within my toolbox, then you're going to pay me to be here. But if I find myself like, Hey, I'm making the best impact that I possibly can make. I have the highest level of influence I've ever had before. My The leaders around me are championing me like crazy. The culture of my team is contagious and it's good. We're on fire. Like, let's go, right? Like, I will go ahead and sacrifice something to keep this thing alive. You take those things away, it's going to burn. Yeah, yeah. And I, I talked to somebody else earlier and we were talking similarly about this that you know you often hear the phrase people don't leave their jobs they leave their leaders uh, or their boss and i think it's because the boss either creates this environment where this type of thriving happens or they don't and uh it, it often comes back to that leader though are you setting the stage for other people to thrive in it or are you suffocating it and if you're suffocating it yeah they're going to leave you they're going to go to another environment where Things are going to be going well. Uh, to bring it back to burnout, though, like if I recognize or I'm feeling burned out, I'm, I'm willing to admit I'm feeling burned out. What can I do about that? What steps could I take as a leader to reverse that burnout I'm experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it always comes down to these three different areas and not to oversimplify it. That's not that's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to self-evaluation, you want to be able to take a look at these three S's and finding out, okay, what what's broken right now that's actually causing me to feel this way? Okay, it always comes down to where we put our emotional energy. So is it in our systems? Is it in our, our strategies? Or is it in our structures? Now, let me explain this really quick here because um, I don't want to oversimplify it, but here's the thing is that a lot of times we end up putting a lot of our emotional energy into the things that don't matter. The things that are absolutely necessary that they have to change over a period of time. And those things are our systems and our strategies. Those things need to be completely fluid. And a lot of times leaders end up putting all of their emotional energy into their systems and strategies um, or in their work performance per se, because that's where we find our identity. And those are the things that we created. And so when we do that, we're setting us, ourselves up for failure because those are not the things that are actually uh, what we call external in, uh, external forces of burnout. Those are things that are actually caused internally. It's the way that we're wired. Um, and so knowing how to understand who we are organically and making sure that we have realistic expectations of what we do and also holding on to things a little bit more loosely. I've, I've actually coached leaders that um, I kid you not, I was just in an executive coaching session on Tuesday with a leader and the guy is absolutely brilliant, but every single system that he's ever developed and every single strategy that he's ever developed, I've seen it fail. I've seen it burn. And this guy will actually go down with his company because he's proud of the systems and strategies that he developed, even though they're not producing the results that he wants. Wow. And you've seen it. I've seen it. Like you get in those rooms and you go, you know what, bro, you're just not really as necessarily as brilliant as you think you are. And that is going to be the thing that's going to burn you out is that you just, you're just not willing to let go and make these changes. But that third S, 
is where you need to make sure that it's it's your structures. This is where because these are the people that we're actually serving, right? This is the people that serve us. This is our these are the people that we report to, and these are the people that we end up taking care of. And and it's also how do we take care of ourselves? And so it's like one of those things, like okay, man, if you if you're starting to feel burnout and you're not putting a lot of energy into your systems and your strategies, but you look at it, you feel like your boss is stressing you out. You feel like your team culture absolutely stinks. You feel like you're not getting enough sleep and that you're just working things. This comes down to a people issue. And sometimes it's people management. Sometimes it's managing yourself. So you have to learn how to do that. You have to, you know, either work with a coach work with a consultant, uh, work with your work with your boss if there's no people issues there. But figuring out how to actually get yourself to a place to where you can manage realistically the things that you're supposed to be responsible for and then letting go of the things that you're not responsible for and stop allowing those things to steal your energy. I love that. Love that. And it's, yeah, that, that step of introspection first and then looking at everything else around you is huge. Now, there was a phrase that you shared with me before we started recording. Now, I've heard of quiet quitting. That's where your employees, maybe even yourself, have you, you've checked out. Like You still show up for the paycheck. You show up for the hours you're required so you don't get fired and lose that paycheck. But as far as your willingness to do more than what somebody's noticing you do, that's gone out the window. And, and so that's the quiet quitting part. And you might show up and maybe you're looking for another job while you're on your job, which is kind of stealing in a sense, if not, not a sense, but in fact, uh, and, or you're just not willing to do more than the bare minimum. Like what's the standard for me to get paid for the five days or, you know, four days of work or eight hours a day, whatever structure you're on. But you used a phrase that I've never heard before called quiet hiring. And I was wondering if you could unpack that for us. Like what is quiet hiring? What does it look like? And what do we do about it? Yeah, I think I think quiet hiring has actually been around a lot longer and it's been called other things uh, along the way. Um, but there's this um, there's a leader. She's the she's the senior director of research at Gartner. Uh, her name is Emily Rose McRae. And she's actually the one that I read this Forbes article about. Um, and I thought that she was just absolutely brilliant in it. Um but um, where she actually coined the phrase quiet hiring. And so she describes it as quiet hiring is when an organization acquires new skills without actually hiring new full-time employees. Um, and so this could be through outsourcing, um, like short-term contractors, um, but it usually means giving current employees more responsibilities beyond their current job description. Um, so um, so when you think about that, when you think about um, how many times transitions have happened, within organizations. And then all of a sudden there's a decision that's made of like going, you know what, Jerry, I think Jerry could be amazing in our maintenance department too. He's great at sales, but what if we actually gave him two hats? And and now Jerry's the maintenance guy and he's also a salesperson and he's not getting paid anymore to do it. You know, so he, so here's this new skill set that was acquired by the organization without any type of financial investment. And they're doing it out of necessity. Um, but it's a very, very, I, I do believe that it's a short-term play um, on the organizational side. And so I, I always advise trying to stay away from it as much as you possibly can, you know, like do an internal operational audit before you actually make that decision and, and find out, okay, where are we putting resources on things that we're not getting the results that we want? And let's stop doing those things. Yeah. And so it's free of some resources to, to actually hire the right positions. On the other side of it, if you are Jerry and 
you want to be able to maybe for a short season negotiate greater influence within your organization, I think it's okay to say yes to those type of opportunities as long as there's a begin date and an end date on those things um, because you want to show that you're a team player. I've seen, uh, having gone through two uh, what they call ERP projects with two different organizations. So if you don't know, ERP is Enterprise Resource Planning. It's where you take, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, but in IT systems. You, you take all these different computer systems and yet under one system, bind them together and rule them all. I don't know. That's probably the worst analogy ever, but that's how I explained it to folks every time I was on one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's the most real world experience or example I can think of from what you just shared with quiet hiring, because I remember the implementation partners sharing that the best way to pull this off is that you have your team of people who are going to help redesign the system and create this new infrastructure, but you need to hire some temporary folks to backfill the job they used to do. And what will happen is this person that is part of your ERP team has just that job to worry about. And in both organizations, I saw where they said, not only is that person going to be on the project team, but they'll also be able to carry out their current job. And I learned as the training guy on both of these projects is that you wind up tapping into these folks who already have two hats on and you're adding a third hat, which is I need you to help me develop the training that'll go to everybody. And, and so it's like, Oof. you see so much attrition during ERPs because they're done. They're just like, I wore so many hats and I only got paid. This, you know, some of them get bonuses and, and I've seen that and it's, it's good. It's like, yeah, thank you. But if nothing changes and they still have to wear two hats afterwards, they, they're like, all right, I'm done. Here's the manual that I created. Good luck. <laughs> and they're yeah. Done. yeah. 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 Um, well, can I share a quick story on on this on the the leader implication side of, yeah. of this type of yes. scenario too? And that um so this is real life scenario. So one of my clients is a Fortune 500 company out on the West Coast and um and I'm coaching directly with the president of the company. And he had a massive infrastructure shakeup to where one of his regional VPs um, was removed from from a position not necessarily they just weren't a great fit, but they still are working within the within the organization. But what ended up happening was that there was so much attention needed to give to this kind of keeping that team together for for that region. Um, the the senior leader, the president, decided, well, the only way that I can actually see this thing working is if I actually put myself into that seat for this next season. So, so in a way, he kind of quiet hired himself, mm, right? Yeah. And so he he's the president, and now he's also sitting he's sitting on advisory boards, and he's now he's sitting in this temporary seat of being this regional VP as well over sales of this other region. And I kid you not, Jerry, it's like so this guy went from meeting with me every single week and engaged and was getting family stuff worked out and was seeing the best versions of himself, had the right energy coming into place. Our, the systems and strategies for raising top line revenue for his company, we were knocking it out of the park. And then all of a sudden, everything kind of came to a screeching halt. And I get a message from his his executive assistant one day, hey, uh, we need to reschedule his, his coaching session with you for later in the week. Okay, well, later in the week came, and then I get another message from his assistant. Hey, we have to cancel today's session. We have to cancel next week's session. And then we also have to cancel your one-day event, your one-on-one day with him that's coming up in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And this guy literally just kind of like, withered off into obscurity but it's because again so when you when you make these decisions number one is understanding is that the most expensive energy is yours always and 
knowing where you're going to get the biggest return on this. Sometimes it is like, it's almost better to have an underqualified high character leader sit in a spot temporarily than it is for you to go ahead and spread yourself too thin and start start the compromise of multiple different things from character to operations to credibility. It's amazing how the things that we fought for 12 years ago, all of a sudden can go away so quickly when we make the wrong call. It's almost like we forget that leadership is a different set of skills and competencies than an individual contributor. Like the responsibilities are different. And I learned that lesson when I was in the army uh, during a training exercise, got my entire platoon wiped out one morning. Now they're all alive and well. Uh, it was a training exercise, uh, but it, it revolved around guard duty. Like there was a shift that nobody in my platoon wanted to take. It was the 4 a.m. shift because if you get it before, you do your guard duty for an hour. You go back to bed at five, what, to wake up at six? Like, that's nothing. I'm going to be awake for two hours instead of one. Uh, and so I took that. Like, I'll, I'll do that guard shift and be a pal to everybody. And uh, it was during that hour that the instructors came through and wiped out my entire platoon. And uh, that was the lesson they told me was you as the leader had a responsibility to make sure everybody was on guard. Instead, you went on guard duty yourself and left them alone. And that's when we killed off your platoon. I was like, oh. Like, yeah, you you help guide people. You prepare everybody to do everything. You provide the rest. Right. You you don't do their job for them. You help them do their job for them. Um, and I was like, oh, wow. And, and I, I've seen that when a leader wants to kind of put on that individual contributor hat and they forget their responsibilities for the whole picture, not just this one piece. I love that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um well, and then on the flip side of that too, is this like, if you are, a, if you're currently, if you're a team member and you are within an infrastructure organization that they're, that they've adopted quiet hiring as kind of like their main go-to right now, it's a reactionary state. Um, typically there's not a master plan in place. And so you just have to make sure that like, whatever the opportunities are, that you get clarity on what's actually being asked of you and how long it is for, um, but never give yourself away uh, on things that lack clarity. Like yeah. if there's your clarity is always kindness. So, um, so run with that. Yeah. Because it gives you the guardrails you need. So then after this project's done, you're not getting fired or laid off because they feel like you're not doing your job. Nothing's more painful when that happens. And then they replace you with three people and you're like, really? Like yeah. you told me I wasn't <laughs> doing my job and you replaced me with three people. Come on. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I can they're see done that. that for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of that. Um, so there's something you also have. Your your, your company is called uh, Teams.Coach or the website's Teams.Coach. And you've got this Teams methodology of methodology of coaching. Uh, tell us how you help those Fortune 500 companies through your Teams methodology. Again, I think one of my values is is simplicity and clarity and making sure that nothing is ever ambiguous. Um but giving people the frameworks in which they can actually thrive within. And so one of the frameworks that we developed early on, which is why we named our company actually teams.coach was because of the team's methodology. And it's just simply, it's simply this, um, is that for me to be able to give us to give a leader, it doesn't matter whether they're senior leader or a support leader within an organization, some sort of framework as far as how they can run meetings and how they can hold themselves accountable and how they can keep track of whether they're actually moving things along. So it's kind of an operational system, right? But so every single thing we did, we do, it always touches on targets. Like what is your bullseye? 
Are you hitting it? Do you know what your bullseye is in the first place? Are you going off track? Second one is engagement. How are you engaging with yourself? How are you engaging with your team? And how are you engaging with, with your audience? The third one, action steps. Do you have clear action steps that are actually truly leading you to, 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 the, to your bullseye? Or is this just a big uh, smoke and mirrors game? You know, like how, think about that. How many times have you actually been a part of like having clear action steps to do something, but they weren't, they didn't serve the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> that movie didn't fit within the constructs of what we're trying to build here, you know? Um, and then the, the last two, momentum, not necessarily like, hey, let's add more to your plate so you can go faster, but it's more about, hey, are you able to recognize the things that are slowing you down and what are you going to do about it so you can go faster? And then synergy, like, okay, what is actually truly winning? Are you putting some... Are you putting some resources and some uh, adrenaline into the things that are that are working? And how are you going to celebrate that? Like, let's go. Let's let's go ahead and bring that up. So so every single week when I'm meeting with my leaders, we operate kind of out of that. And so we built it into our teams.coach app. So every single day they get nudges as for, that's built around that framework. And um, and it's simple because guess what? I don't know if you've ever felt like this. One of my values is over delivering. And so I had to kind of learn this the hard way of like going, okay, cool. I get to coach these leaders that are world changers. So I better make sure that I over deliver. They don't want me to over deliver, right? They're like, Hey, I'm busy. Give me something that's going to give me the fastest result without me. Like, I want to be your friend, but I just want to win. So that's, that's kind of like what we did was like, okay, cool. We're going to go ahead and create something that has high level value, but that's super simple that people can actually get involved in an executive coaching program without feeling like they have three to four hours of homework every single week. Yeah. It's sort of that, you know, let's get to the chase. Let's get to the bottom line. What's the one thing I could do that's going to make 80% of the impact that I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, at that level, that's what they're looking for. What's that, that Pareto principle technique or, implication or application and yeah delivering that is huge and, and just that yeah. you know just keep it simple yeah now if so and i know 80 percent roughly of your clientele are from fortune 500 companies but that doesn't make up the entirety of who you work with you you've shared with me that you work with small businesses you work with faith-based organizations and and that kind of thing so if somebody has been listening to this and they say I need Michael. I need that coaching methodology. I need that kind of success. I want that kind of approach. What's the best way for them to reach out to you and find you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, make sure to make sure to check check out check me out on social. So, um, you know, Michael King or Michael King Jr. on on Facebook, teams.coach on Facebook, Instagram, Michael King uh, Jr. official. And, uh, and then also LinkedIn, make sure to track me down um, there as well. But you can go to my website, www.teams.coach and find out everything that you need to know um, on how to get in touch with me personally. We do have tons of free resources available right now. We're giving away the 2023 and 2024 Ultimate Strategic Planner. So um, so feel free to, to drop me a line and we'll, we'll get you what you need. Nice. And then before we go, any final words of wisdom? You know, I think when we're talking about these ideas of of quiet quitting and um, or quiet hiring per se is when it comes down to our own personal identity within all these things, we have to find out what our motivations are as far as why we want them in the first place. Um, a lot of times we actually put ourselves into places of burnout because we want the wrong things. And, you know, it's okay for you to be able to to kind of do a little bit of soul searching per se and actually ask yourself some hard, harder questions regarding like, okay, why do I want the things that I want? And is it something that is out of, out of pure motivation or is it something that's being inspired to me because of external pressures? So, um, so be the best leaders that you can be 
lead intelligently, keep things incredibly simple, keep your communication incredibly clear and honor the people that you work with with kindness and transparency and you'll always win. Awesome. Michael, it was great to have you on the show. I'm glad we got this worked out. The airline industry was not going to stop us this time. Uh, And I'm looking forward to staying in touch and collaborating as the years go on. Hey, thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. Wow. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation like I did and took copious notes to apply to your work as a leader, whether it's a formal leader role or an informal leadership role. Uh, But there are things we can do to really boost the morale and the engagement and cohesion of the teams we are a part of. Now, if you want more information about how to reach out to Michael King, as well as resources on Beyond the Rut about leadership, effective, impactful leadership, then check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 397. There, we'll make sure you have all kinds of resources and goodies to help you propel your leadership career and impact lives for the better. Now, I'm glad you joined me on this episode of Beyond the Rut, and I look forward to joining you again on the next one. But until then, live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.